Hey, welcome to Nerd News Now. Uh, it's mid-August. I'm with Kyle, Miss Jen, Brainy, and myself, Mark. Uh, how is it going, guys? We'll start with Kyle. Kyle, what have you been up to? How's it going? I'm out, well, I'm out of the hospital, which is why I wasn't here last week. Um, I just got back from having steak dinner. Uh, and I've seen uh, Suicide Squad twice in two days. So, you know, it's going. And uh, was that because you really liked the movie, or do they have good snacks or whatever? Uh, so the first one was because they have good snacks, and I could see it for yeah. five dollars. Yeah. So if I didn't like it, like Black Widow, I wasn't out that much. Um, the second one was it would cost me nothing to see it the second time because it was on HBO, and I was able to watch it from my couch and sleep through the boring parts. <laughs> oh, oh, what parts were boring? Um, some of the whole like expositiony parts, like in the middle where they're like dealing with the thinker and talking about trying to save Harley and rat rat catchers giving you her life story. Oh, so the plot that's the part you got bored by. <laughs> <laughs> the plot was not stellar. Um, a big part of my like for this movie has to do with the soundtrack, which was yeah, oh. amazing. Um, for any soundtrack or vinyl collectors out there, go to mondotees.com because they have an awesome Starro version coming out. And of course, always the art, the art on their vinyl packaging is always amazing. But that uh, soundtrack on, is spectacular. Yeah, that soundtrack is a uh, spectacular, amazing soundtrack, but. We expected nothing less from James Gunn, right? Right. I mean, that's kind of when he got, when he was picked to do that movie, I, he doubles as, oh, it's going to be a good soundtrack. Like, I, I worry more about the music he's going to select rather than his directing skills. So, James Gunn has become, you know, we kind of talked about how Tatawakiki hadn't become a director who, regardless of what it is, I will go see the movie. Um, James Gunn has solidified his place in that doesn't matter. I'll go see it. You know, what's funny is I haven't yet gone backwards in time and watched his movies. I think, I think Suicide Squad may make me do that. Like going back to what Sliver, was that the, the horror movie breakout that sort of started getting him gigs? Something like that. Sliver? I love that movie. There you go. Does it have a good soundtrack? That's that's my biggest question. <laughs> Mark, I, can you send me the link to this soundtrack? To this? Absolutely, I can do that. Awesome. Because I I don't I'm, I can't find it like just quickly on the website. So. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> they they've they've redone their website, but that is the for all nerds. The Mondo Tees is the place to go. Uh, Miss Jen, how about you? What have you been up to? I know that you saw Free Guy, so you helped contribute to its number one box office spot. So, oh, you twice. saw it twice. Okay. <laughs> uh, how was that? I it just I I needed a movie that didn't make me think too hard and I could just enjoy and gave me some good gut laughs, and that was it. It's a good reward after hard work for Free Comic Book Day. 
Well, see, and and that's also a movie that was advertised to us eons before we actually saw it. Like, I, I'm going to say almost like when, you know, in, in the way Wonder Woman was where, and that was a movie where you had said before, like, you know, you're almost like not anticipating it coming out anymore because you had seen it so many times. And that's how I feel about Free Guy. So for anyone who's sort of like, sitting on it and basically be like oh i already know what's going to happen i've seen it what what would you say to that like is there any non-spoilery advice you can give that would get people to go to the theater to see it uh, i mean it it's probably not what you think it's going to be everyone's calling it like the truman show and that's not really the point of is what what the big like revelation about it is i just i I like the way they address ai characters because always ai characters right are like oh to be feared and they're planning our doom and this one was just a a much sweeter tale and there's just some really funny things that are in there that weren't 100 percent spoiled by the trailer so does it in any way deal with existentialism uh maybe Okay. Doesn't everything, well, Mark? I mean, we're all dying. Doesn't everything? Do well, yeah, no, I know. But when I think of the Truman Show, that's what I think of. Like, oh, this re- realization. Like, oh, I got to do this. So to me, it's just like, oh, I'm a character in Grand Theft Auto. Oh, wait, no, there's more. But I'm not really into Grand Theft Auto anymore. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying, to, find, I'm trying to get motivated who, to see it. For those of you out there who are going, what did Kyle just say? He just said we're all dying. That is existentialism. So that was a joke. About yes. what existentialism is right. for those of you who aren't existentialists and don't get it. Yeah, correct. Uh, well, and that's our TED talk on existentialism. That's uh, not an existentialist joke that has been in my head all day. Go for it. Did you guys know that the person who invented the merry-go-round and the person who invented the Ferris wheel never met? <laughs> they yeah. traveled in different circles. Oh, I thought that was a dad joke. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, my my five year old nephew told it to me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm in. I don't get it. <laughs> well, on a serious note, though, we know the pandemics affected lots of different businesses in many different ways. But did you guys hear that the company that makes yardsticks won't be making them any longer? No, that. But I'm bummed. <laughs> right. How the world is anyone going to measure uh, fabric? <laughs> I lit. I have a yardstick in every corner of my house because I use them that much. Yeah. Well, don't worry. They they won't be making them any longer, so it's fine. You'll be okay. <laughs> I'm gonna start. Yeah. <laughs> this is that moment in the show where I would just walk away because I can't even right now. But you can't. But, but you I, can't walk but away because I can't walk. I just have to turn my camera off for a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna reward you with a link to to vinyl, so it's fine. Thank you, Mark. Uh huh. Um, Brainy, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, just kicking it. You know, taking it uh, day by day. Took the weekend off again. Uh, I think that this was more of a fourth weekend off. The pain medications just made me too drowsy. Um, caught up on TV shows again. Oh yeah, what did you catch up on? Oh, I finally finished that. Uh, what was that show I was watching last week? Oh my god, I just forgot it already. Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock, yeah. Yeah, finished that. Um, 
finished the Star Trek uh, Lower Deck. That was pretty cool, actually. I enjoyed it. Uh, and I actually watched Vivo. If you guys didn't watch Vivo yet, watch that movie. It's actually pretty good. Which one? On Netflix. Vivo. V-I-V-O. I've not seen that yet. Yep. It is. Um, I think it could have been a, a really good uh, theatrical release. They did a good job on it. Um, it, is, it is one of those emotional uh, Disney type of movies, but it was good. And we had uh, free comic book day this past weekend, right, Miss Jen? And a Pokemon release as well. A Pokemon release also? Yep. Uh, that seems to be a trend now. Every free comic book day ends up being a release or a new Pokemon set, or you get yeah, one of the two. Uh, depends on which weekend they fall on. Um, and this weekend was a Pokemon. So, um, you know, a lot, uh, like a lot of other retailers, we kept it a very low key free comic book day. Um, anybody who walked in got the books. We didn't complain or anything. We did have our restrictions and, um, you know, didn't do any special sales, didn't do anything spectacular. Um, and, you know, it was just another day for us. What was the uh, most requested comic? Uh, oh my god, the name is escaping Miss Jen. It's it's the new uh, Something is Killing the Children book. The Slaughter. Yeah. Okay, the three dogs. Those are the two. Correct. Yeah, I knew those would be the uh, big two, but yeah, uh, keeping it low key due the, to the pandemic, but people still came out and got the free comics, so that's good. Um, on, on the on the Pokemon, Brainy, has that has the absolute fervor for that died down at all, or were people that were wild about it before are still wild about it? Well, uh, we sold out of our pre-releases in the first two hours. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, people are still wild about it. Unfortunately, um, you know, back in the days, uh, a few sets prior to the pandemic, we were getting about 300 kits. Uh, the two sets after, our attendance dropped so much that we were down to about 60 kits. Since Pokemon has been basing the amount of kits you're allocated off of those numbers... We have been getting a very low allocations, uh, and we've been selling out, you know, for the last like in the first few hours of it. Um, and this was this set was exactly the same case. And I thought it might last a little bit longer, but it did not. So people are still wild about it. Uh, the 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 demand is strong, but they're still not looking. You know, they're not they're not making um, as much markup, if I may. We're we're able to get them at a, a reasonable price right now, and able to sell it at a reasonable price right now. And uh, how many? Uh, this might be a complicated question, but how many sets are out right now, or at least like active sets? <laughs> active in, in what sense? Uh, playable or are we? Uh, talking- I mean, I guess still in print for I guess printable uh, in print and playable. You know. Well, the way Pokemon is doing it right now, at least, is they're going back and reprinting um, the last, what, two or three sets? Okay. Batches. Um, but they try to keep only... Once a new set comes out, uh, I think they only keep that set in cycle and everything prior to that is whatever's already out in the inventory. Um, but because of the pandemic, because of the huge demand and popularity uh, last year, Pokemon decided to reprint a few sets that they were... the few recent sets that they were out of. 
so right now, I guess the only two sets that are going to be print are Battle Styles and uh, Evolving Skies, which are the most two recent sets, I believe. Yeah, and, I just didn't for a company that's based their whole thing on gotta catch them all. You'd figure they'd be popping out sets like crazy. So I, I wasn't sure if they did like them on an annual basis or biannual or every two years or what. So well, sets come out uh, once every three months. So there's about four four base sets every month. Uh, every year, rather. Mm-hmm. And there's additional uh, sets that come out as well. There's the specialty sets. Uh, they come out with gift boxes and whatnot. So there's practically new Pokemon product coming out every month, uh, give or take. I don't have a... Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, I know I know there will always be fans of Pokemon. I just haven't heard... I know that, like, the, the fervor's died down enough for Target to sort of, like, be slipping packs back into stores without worried about people being assaulted in the parking lot. But I know that the, the demand amongst gamers is probably still high and i just wasn't curious as to what their regular you know release schedule was and how that had been affected so yeah thanks for clearing that up um i just actually just got an email from one of our distributors about you know allocations they've allocated every single pokemon set and uh-huh. this one is higher than the last uh, three sets i've gotten from that particular distributor so and it is much it's, you know it's still not what we had ordered but it is closer to what we had ordered yeah so it looks like yeah it's, they're catching up to supply uh demand rather And I'm sure for you, it's like a fine line because you want the demand to be high enough for everyone to want to come in and buy it. But you also want uh, you don't want so much supply that's just sitting on the shelf. Right. So it's like it's got to be sort of like a, a, a fine line between too much and too little. Like you want you want the demand to be high enough to. Like, you know, like I said, get people to get up and come to the store and buy it but uh exactly and get it in their hands before the pandemic before the pandemic uh and even before the we saw a slump in pokemon um we were ordering about two cases and placing reorders we actually by the time uh, the slump prior to the pandemic we were down to one case and we were hoping that would last us at least a month or two um, of course, after the pandemic, that ended up being us ordering about, you know, 20 cases. The last set we ordered, I believe we ordered about 40 cases through multiple distributors. We ended up getting about half of them, and that still didn't last more than a month. So the demand is still there. Um we're we're still seeing a high demand. We'll just see where it goes. And I agree with you. You know, we we want the demand to stay, uh, even though per item profitability is lower. We don't mind that, as long as we can keep product in stock for people to come in and buy, and we can ma- meet the demands. We're fine with it. Um, and let's see how this set does. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think it's still it's still overall a really strong market. So we'll see how that uh, how it goes. Um, so, Miss Jen, you helped uh, Free Guy to have the highest box office with $28.4 million. Uh, That's in the first spot. Um, now, you saw it twice. So, was that like back-to-back, back-to-back days? What was that? saw it on date night with the hubby, and then um, we took the kids on Sunday. Oh, is it family-appropriate? I mean, my kids are 18 and 21. Oh, well, okay, yeah. But <laughs> uh, but uh, but otherwise, I mean, I, I don't even know. Is it rated PG-13, I guess? 
but it's PG-13. There really okay. isn't. There's really nothing in it. Violence. I mean, to be quite honest, uh, kids probably see more violent stuff actually playing like a Grand Theft Auto game, right? So, <laughs> I mean, then that's that's what it's emulating. So, mm-hmm. probably uh, a little bit different there. Now, do they leave it open for a sequel? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess anything can have a sequel, right? But mm-hmm. I just... Uh, it, it would have been interesting if they would have made a... Or if they make a video game based on it. I mean, what was the watching, opposite approach. If they're watching, they're watching it, you're probably thinking to yourself, are they going to make a video based on the movie? Mm-hmm. If they already had one in the can, I would push back on that in my brain because I'm like, oh, and you're assuming a little bit too much. But if they made one because of demand, then I'd be down with that. I don't know yeah. if that makes whatsoever because it would take forever to develop it so it makes sense that they would already have it started if they were hoping to do it in the next century but well uh, and then and then you would also be competing with the thing that you're kind of making fun of which is grant that photo so people really would probably just prefer the next grant the photo come out <laughs> more than more than anything i would think um in second place in the box office with over 10 million was don't breathe too which is a horror movie based on, or you know, the sequel to a movie I need, never need to see again, which was Don't Breathe 1. So uh, any horror fans, does anyone check that one out or have any desire to, or seen the first one? I, I haven't seen it, but I did. I've seen the trailer a couple times, and I like the actor. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be completely fine with you know, watching that, having not seen number one, because sometimes the second one's better anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, hor- horror films to me are, are just are icky, and I guess that's why people like them because they're sort of like an escape from reality. But uh, some of the stuff that's going on in the first one, uh, no thanks. My line with horror second. films is that they have to be good storytelling. Yeah. So like, uh. A Quiet Place, you know, the second one was just as good a storytelling as the first one. That I need to see still. I really do. I'm I'm interested in Quiet Place, too. That To me, Um, I don't really associate that with horror, but maybe just because it's not slasher stuff. I don't know. Right. It's more of a psychological horror. That's kind of the thing is I like the psychological horror. Mm -hmm. That's why I like the Rob Zombie movies, because they're both. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, see, yeah, I, I have no desire to see Don't Breathe or Don't Breathe 2 I didn't get that it was a horror from the trailer it almost looked more like a John Wick because it looks like they come and break into wherever he's hanging out with this young girl I guess maybe his daughter or maybe someone that's like he's protecting or whatever and they kidnap her and then it's him basically taking apart that crew one by one. What it looked like to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess I've already said too much then. But like, uh, there's there's some captivity stuff going on. Yeah. Okay. In the first one, anyway. Um. So it's 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 horror in the same way that like the movie Straw Dogs is horror. So okay. maybe suspense. Su- suspense is a better. I keep saying horror, but suspense thriller. I guess. 
it's definitely not a John Wick type thing, but uh, you know, it's on the low key side as far as the uh, action goes. But it's more about the the suspense of it. Uh, and then so Jungle Cruise was third with nine point one, and uh, disappointing for me, the Aretha Franklin biopic uh, or biopic uh, came in fourth, starring Jennifer Hus- Hudson as. I didn't think that was out until next weekend. No, that came out. I got my weeks mixed up. Yeah. Well, it's... I don't know if it was something to do with, like, the uh, Aretha Franklin's estate, but, you know, they just had that Cynthia Revo genius show all about her that came out earlier this year on Nat Geo. So um, then to have a movie, like, right after that, I, you know, I don't... I, again, like, the pandemic and all sorts of release dates and everything else affects box office too. But uh, I would have probably held that till that seems like a December release to me. Anytime you have a biopic, I just feel like hold it till December, but uh, yeah, it, it's getting good reviews. And of course, if anyone could pull that off, it's Jennifer Hudson. I mean, so, so late, late in her life, but before she was in an assisted living facility, Aretha only lived maybe four, 45, 50 minutes from here. Mm-hmm. And anytime she went out anywhere in the greater Detroit area, it was a mob scene, right? Oh, yeah, of course. People treated her like the Pope. Mm-hmm. So she would sneak down and shop at the mire that's five minutes from my house. So people would leave her alone. And my friends who had worked there would text me after she'd left going, dude, Aretha Franklin was just here. She totally bought Ego. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and I'm like, I know that's not true. And they're like, no, for reals. Yeah. She said her grandkids like them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who doesn't? Right. Not going to argue. Like, Ego is great. But, like, that is such a weird thing to text someone. Yeah. Oh, you know, just humanizing a legend sometimes. It's a lot for people to take in, I think. So yeah. I think that's, like, an easy, like, hey, she's a real person because she likes Egos. <laughs> Right, but she'd walk. She'd walk through the mire in like a white mink fur coat. Like, of course, you know this is like you know Aretha. Like, and you're like, but she's in the frozen food section, which is just weird. And uh, I just want to say, I put it in the chat, but I need to yell at you, Mark, because I also had to buy the translucent red say anything soundtrack too, because you got me on there and I started shopping. Yeah, be careful. Especially avoid the prints and stuff. Um, and then Brainy tells me he has a wholesale account. And I'm like, I already paid. <laughs> Probably wasn't expecting um, to go shop right this instant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were talking about Pokemon, and I'm like, you know. <laughs> we, we didn't keep you uh, entertained, so you had to go. That's fine. Well, I wanted to pre-order it before they sold out. Uh, I had a oh, yeah. copy of I had a copy of the Awesome album. Uh, somebody did a pressing of the Awesome album with little Sebastian's face on it. Yeah. And I didn't pre-order it fast enough. It sold out, and now on eBay they're selling for seven hundred dollars. Of course they are. Of course they are. That's that's how that that stuff goes. And I'm gonna have to spend it at some point. I just know I am. I have three other copies of that record coming, but I've got to have that one. And you got to have the one with little Sebastian's face. So you have to. I got the green one. 
I got the black one with the mouse rat logo in it, and then I got the regular uh, black vinyl pressing. Oh, well, are they going to do like a Johnny Karate Gatefold one? Because that's what I would wait for. Uh, yeah, I would kill to have one like in a Johnny Karate Gatefold. Yeah, and then just like sealed together with the black belt. That would be good. That would be awesome. Um, Only other box office news or movie news really is just that Venom Let There Be Carnage has been pushed to October 15th from September 24th. So it always felt like an October movie to me anyway, but I'm sure that has to do with box office numbers and the ongoing That means I struggle. won't see it until November. Probably, yes. Is that put squarely against James Bond? When, is that still a thing? Yeah. I mean, I know James Bond's still a thing, always going to be a thing, but like, I haven't heard anything about that movie in forever. That's that's probably the movie we've we've talked the longest about to not see. Is there even a trailer? Like, I can't even remember now. There's there a trailer, was. Okay. There was a whole thing where a car spun around and shot at people. Oh yeah. And he was probably drinking at some point in there, maybe. I I I do not know. Does that compete directly with it? Uh, no, but it's the week after. Okay. Uh, James Bond is currently slated to be released October eighth. Okay. I feel like they're both going to get pushed back again. I feel maybe like not. I so been having this conversation a lot uh, the last few days. I wouldn't be shocked if by that point movie theaters aren't not showing movies. Like they're back to mid pandemic shutdown levels. Um, I just uh, in Texas, I can't see anything shutting back down now. Now, if you're saying on like a distribution level, like, OK, you know, in the Northeast, on the West Coast, we're closed. In the South, we're not. But we're not going to, like, quote-unquote, waste new movies uh, until we can nationally have them. Then then are they going to go back to showing Empire Strikes Back and stuff? Right, yes. I think... Like, that would be... But that's the that's most saying, closed down think, it'll be. I think we're going to be seeing second runs or something like that uh, by that point, which... I mean, by October, the second run movies you could put out in October, movie theaters would be packed. You could put all the Friday the 13th, all the Halloweens, all the, you know. Yeah, good like, point. It's perfect for yeah. October. Um, I, I Just the conversations I'm having with people, it just sounds like more and more like October is going to be this weird time where we're kind of like March of last year. Yeah, and and last October... There was also the conversation about, you know, well, the flu didn't go anywhere either. So October is traditionally flu season, and if that's going to be impacted by this and the combined forces and all that. So I think October is like sort of this projected like, well, maybe wave four will be at its worst then or maybe it'll just pass. But uh, from, you know, an executive perspective, they're looking at these numbers and they're just sort of all over the place right now. I mean, the one thing which isn't going to be popular with most people, but the the one thing that's been a really big success is uh, the Disney with the Premier Access because even even like it was almost like a fifty fifty split 
on Jungle Cruise with a, a good box office showing and a great, you know, a pay-per-view um, on-demand uh, com- com- combo. So unless... unless but I'm wondering films, what the fallout of the Scarlett Johansson yeah. lawsuit will be for that. Are they going to be scared to do that with films where they have actors who have box office deals? Or are they going to have to go back and renegotiate everything with everybody? And how much more are they going to have to give The Rock? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty second sure highest are. paid actor or whatever he is right now? Mm-hmm. Give him a jungle cruise boats full of money. Yeah. Uh, well, definitely in contracts being written now. I mean, but now contracts are being written for movies that will be released in two years, right? So... Now to be cognizant of it, but I heard an interesting uh, interview on NPR where it's like, oh, this has happened before. And I was kind of thinking, like, when on earth was digital streaming happened before? But they were Twice. but they were telling a parallel, like, back in the 40s when studios started, like, streamlining through their own means. And so basically they were really controlling the market and they had, like, an, a vested interest at every avenue. So they were able to kind of make or break actors and directors and all that and really control like the money streams. Mm-hmm. So that, that it's, so it, so they didn't have on demand digital videos in the forties, but the same type of restructuring took place. So from now but on, we obviously even, we can even throw that out the window and related to two more recent issues. Oh, go ahead. When record companies and, you know, uh, uh, record labels had to go back and renegotiate with artists over streaming rights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's why title exists or existed. You know, it's because record labels weren't giving artists a cut of the money they earned from streaming services of music. And then the writer strike of a few years ago, uh, the television writer strike, because writers weren't getting paid their fee and actors weren't getting paid their fee for digital only content. Like webisodes and that kind of stuff. So they struck. I mean, this is this is the movies finally coming around and doing that part of it. Um, I was just listening to Greg Daniels talk about what it did to The Office. You know, and how Steve Carell hadn't been the biggest movie star in the world at the time. And walked off The Office. They probably would have fired the whole writing staff. Because they wanted to be paid for web-only content that they were writing. Mm-hmm. You know, but Steve Carell's like, nah, I'm not going to work. So you can pay him or we can just sit here. And Scarlett Johansson is doing that now for movies. It's, look, if you're going to release stuff digitally, pay us. Yeah. You know, I think she's pro. And this is what's going gonna, gonna to sound weird. I think she's probably willing to get screwed a little bit on this because get paid a little less than maybe she's rightfully due in order to set precedent so that she can negotiate it better going forward. Yeah. I mean, I think anytime, right. Like I I think she is willing to do that and she's really only been the only one vocal about doing that because it's, been three of the most successful movies this year are obviously Black Widow and then Jungle Cruise and then Cruella. And those were also coincidentally all had the same sort of like digital release option. And 
Emma Stone has not only not said anything about it, but she's already signed on for Cruella too. And the rocks sort of lay low about it. But I think that, uh, I mean, at some point they're going to have to resolve it. And, and whether or not that resolution just comes from writing contracts now moving forward uh, or going back and paying people over the last two or three years, because a lot of movies that happen to, and, and I've been curious about what happened to all the, creatives behind hbo max movies where they're just giving them away for free like what how did well, that this work? is this is my question right so when did the rock write his deal on jungle cruise when did emma stone write her deal on cruella and when did you know the deal for black widow get done are we talking about scarlett johansson's deal has been in place since wave one or two of the marvel movies you know that she gets this percentage of you know, box office, is that possibly what we're talking about? Or is it really, is it like she did this deal later and just negotiated it poorly? Because I'd be willing to guess that The Rock had some sort of streaming contingency in his contract. Because by the time they wrote that deal, Disney Plus is announced and we kind of know what Disney Plus is going to be. And The Rock is nobody's fool. He's dealt with Vince McMahon. He knows what getting screwed is like. So... Um, you know, did he, is it, is it different for them because of when the deal was structured? I have a and friend. May, and maybe did he just get a better deal on the streaming end? Like, cause I, I doubt right. in any of their contracts, no one foresaw the, I, I think all these were done before the pandemic hit. Right. I, right. I, but I it's, believe, cause the, was the rock already getting 10% of the streaming? Maybe. And, and I, know, I'm just, my, my curiosity comes in was are were are they trying to say that the first day release streaming is different than the you know three month after streaming i'm wondering if like there was some sort of uh conceptualized idea there that oh well we don't have to pay you the streaming rights until 90 days after the release as it states in your contract but before that before the pandemic hit it, you wouldn't stream it 90 days before so there's a lot of little things that could have gone wrong in the wording in that contract. Yeah. Um, but they had months and months and months to figure this out too, like to preemptively prevent it on, on both sides. Um, now. So I have a friend who is a musician who has been successful in the, the pandemic playing online concerts where you sell tickets, you know, through, through one of the services and they stream the concert. And, their record label is coming back kind of saying, hey, you know, this was the deal that you would play X number of shows to the public, but you did that on your own without us. We want some of that money. And my friend's going, uh, no, you didn't come, you didn't provide anything for this. Like, I did all the marketing myself. I did all of the... And so it's really interesting that my friend's deal doesn't have a streaming contingent in it. So he gets paid nothing... From Spotify streams. But he owns a bigger percentage of actual record sales. Like it's his deal was set up based on the way his stuff was years ago. So now when his contract is up at the end of next year, he's got to go back and completely reevaluate the way his business runs. And I think these movie stars are going to have to do it the same way. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And Ironically. He also became a mailman during the pandemic, 
which was super fun for him. Too bad. It's really too bad that the band name Postal Service was already taken. Yeah, his name is already pretty good. Oh, okay, that's good. Um, no, I think yeah, it's a lot of businesses are going to change. Uh, but like we're we're hearing about these because they're they're big contracts and everyone loves talking about tens of millions of dollars, you know, and stuff right. like that. But uh, I think there's going to have to be a lot of stuff that's reevaluated moving forward and maybe uh i mean maybe even to the point of calling them pandemic clauses <laughs> just in case you know well an act of god clause right something right. happens it's beyond everyone's control this is how we handle this but but and in they your exist friend's... in other contracts yeah and in your friend's case it's like uh we want you to pay for all those online concerts that you put on without us it's like but there were no concerts. Yeah, but you did it online. But there was no one was going outside. The venues were right. closed. Like I couldn't do it. I so, was sitting in my backyard. Like, what do you? It and and what what's weird about that is someone knew that was going on. Whether they waited till after you know months had gone by and gone. Oh, by the way, can you give us that money now? Why didn't they jump in immediately on the label side and go, Hey, we see what you're doing. It's really inventive. Like, we want to help you get more, and then, of course, we want our cut for it. But, like, it's like no one wants, wanted to work within There's you know, a reason that you pandemic. became a mailman, like, you know, had to get that health insurance. Right. Yeah. Like, can, and, and, like, this is something, these are the stories that I'm waiting to hear told about the pandemic. Like, we've heard so much about people, like, and rightfully so, about people who have died or people who have survived or, you know. But there are there are people out there whose names you know who went from being a celebrity to being a regular person because of the pandemic. Edwin McCain started a land he's he runs an he started his own excavation business. Cuz before he was famous, he worked for an excavation company. So what did he do? He took his money and bought a couple of front end loaders and a bobcat and started an excavation company. He digs septic tanks and le- leach fields. Like, because he can't tour. And people know Edwin McCain. Like, the dude had several hits. You know, Harmar Superstar became a mailman. Like, these are people who were selling out big venues pre-pandemic that are doing regular jobs now. And it's so cool. It's Shane Douglas working at Target because Target gives health insurance and pro wrestling doesn't. Like, well, I mean that the whole health insurance aspect is a much larger problem, sure, but right? And, I, and most... I just can't wait to hear the stories of. Did you guys know that so and so was like bagging groceries at the you know at the, <laughs> the, the the local grocery store during the pandemic, and now they're in you know this big box office smash. I like that though, right? Because it's like right. they saw a need, or they had a need. And they just mm-hmm. care of it. I call it right. a right there. Right. Like that's those are the stories I can't wait to hear. Um, one aspect and, and to me the the payment of comic creatives is is a shroud of mystery. <laughs> like I never hear about it. I don't know, you know, I have it's just I don't know if it's like a don't ask, don't tell type of situation where it's like we don't talk about it, we don't talk about I mean, I know about Image that they're more friendly towards, um, you know, you get a bigger cut 
uh, percentage per se, but um, I, I do wonder going forward and over the last few years where you have stuff like Comixology and, and Amazon Prime, it's like, are they getting anything for the digital copies at all? Especially when you have these companies like pushing towards digital delivery of these PDF file comics. It's, I think it's a very different thing. Okay. Um, in, 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 I can only speak to this from what I know on either side. Um, in the music business, in the movie business, in the television business, you get paid for doing your work and then you get paid a percentage on the income generated by your work. Most comic writers and people that I know are doing it as independent contractors and on a work for hire basis. So it's you get paid for doing your job and then you're done. Now I know that there are some that are different, like, but and most of the people I know are at much smaller publishers than Marvel, DC, Boom, you know. So it's a little bit of a different demon, but I think it's probably just a different. Well, it's a different demon. It's a different thing. I just, you see, you see, I see artists on Twitter and they'll say stuff like, hey guys, I saw this pop up on Redbubble and it'd be like a picture they drew on t-shirts and they're getting 0% and they're like, please don't buy this t-shirt. I'm not getting anything for this. That's because like, it's probably stolen. Redbubble is really bad. Like, like buy it from my official shop or buy it through, you know, comiccompany.com, you know, that they work for. I, I saw a really... Uh, uh, one that kind of blew my mind, uh, there was a artist who did a cover for one of the big two publishers, and that cover was turned into a poster, like a full-size poster, like 24 by 36 that you would see in the front of a comic book shop. They went so far as to erase 90% of their name on the poster, but you still saw the curve of like the beginning of their signature, and it created a firestorm on Twitter. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's like, uh, this has been going on for the last two days and a majority of the comments were against the artist for complaining. They were like, why are you complaining? It's not like by drawing that character on a variant cover that you own the character. So that company's done. They paid you for a job, move on get on with your life. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Someone's making like what? Six ninety five, seven bucks a pop off that poster every time it sells. And the artist can't even get like five cents. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it well, just seems weird. And, and that comes down to your contract. It really yeah. does. Okay. Um, yeah. If you, if your contract includes a residual payment on everything is sold, then yes. Um, but in like Kyle mentioned, there's a lot of times in comic book industry where it's just work for hire. You do your job, you submit your uh, covers, and you're done. That's it. You get what you it, get paid. Yeah. And that's how you get the freedom, too. Like, by the way, like, Let's not make any mistakes here. Um, a guy like John Romita Jr. work does work for hire because it lets him do whatever the hell he wants. Correct. He can work for DC, Marvel, Image if he wants. All at the same time. Exactly. Um, if you've got an exclusive contract, I'm sure the exclusive contract includes residual payment on uh, um, per issue. Um, image and, of course, you know the Dark Horse. Anything that's creator-owned, that's creator-owned. And that's the whole concept behind image. Image, the creator owns everything. Uh, all image is doing is publishing and taking a cut off of that. Um, that's that's how you know Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee and uh, um, Rob Liefeld and all those guys back in the '90s were able to make multi-million dollars per month 
when they were selling three million copies of Spawn Number One, that's you know, let's just assume they made a dollar per copy. They're making three million dollars right there. Yep. Um, yeah, as opposed to you know the three million going to Marvel's pockets and you know Tom McFarlane getting twenty five cents per book or something like that. It's just as an example. So you know it it, um, it it honestly depends on the contract. A lot of uh, artists and a lot of writers they just want to get paid for their work and move on. And they need to understand that once they have done that, the the property belongs to the company. Um, I, you know, myself in Nested Egg, that was a deal. And I sure I made sure I let our artists know, look, guys, you guys are writing over your rights to this. I am paying you whether I use the artwork or not. Doesn't matter. It's, you know, what I use it for is it's whatever we do it for. If we decide to make T-shirts down the line with this artwork, it's our it's our art and our art and our artists understand that. They know that, hey, I'm paying them up front right now for what they, they're doing, and that's it. Whether I use the artwork or not is, you know, that's... Uh, right. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. I love that, Brainy. One of the things that I've started negotiating into my contracts is uh, a level of usage rights. Um, and I don't have it with, uh, like... Um, the experience necessarily the same way I have it with some of the other people I work with and I freelance with is it's, I retain a copy of everything I do. I don't, I can't tell the, I can't tell the experience what they can do with it. Once I've given it, you know, once we've aired it, it's theirs, you know, but I have another client that I work with who I retain the sole right to distribute it other than for the purpose that co the contract is specified. Um, and this is graphic design stuff. Like it's, Oh, I'm going to design this T-shirt for you. I get to distribute the T-shirt except for this one specific purpose. Like, and that's kind of a very weird sort of negotiation to make. But what it does is it allows me to say, okay, I made this really funny T-shirt. In six months, I can sell it on the internet if I want. And nobody can say anything about it. It's... You, you usually take a little bit off the ta off the plate, you know. It's I'll do it for a little less money, but I'm going to do it for this. This has uh, become a TED talk and how to read a contract. I feel like, but uh... <laughs> if you well, and this is this is something I'll say. If you're in a creative field, get yourself an IP lawyer mm -hmm. and a and a contract lawyer. Have them be separate people. You know, have somebody there to protect your intellectual property and somebody there to make sure your bank account is right and have them be separate people don't have them be the same people because that way lies madness yeah I, I just think as a society we tend to look at anyone who's at the top of their craft and go oh they're rich but it's not like like we've been around long enough to know and been fans of comic books uh, unfortunately to see people at conventions who um you know, they, they started charging for their signature because that was like the only money they were making. And then some older comic vets who were absolute legends, they end up with like GoFundMe accounts because they can't afford, you know, like surgery. Bill so Messner Loved was homeless. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, he got saved because a number of people in the Detroit community just were like, look, this is dumb. We'll just buy you a house. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, it's like he had to get bailed out on that level. Um, 
you know, you hear you hear the stories from Neil Adams about uh, Siegel and Schuster. They created Superman, and they had nothing. They were living on a one. The one guy was living on a cot in his brother's house. Like, and they created Superman. It, it, it's better now. Well, it, you know, only because we know those stories, I guess. Yeah, and when Superman was created, nobody knew what Superman was going to be. It was it was a one time job, you know. It's like. Yeah, I'm I'm making this little cartoon for kids to read, and that's it. Uh, it, it, right. it was never supposed to be a multi-billion-dollar conglomerate, uh, you know, IP. But it is what it is now. Right. I mean, we have those cautionary tales, so we know now exactly that you need to be more careful because you never know what something's going to be. I like how we've been talking about this so long. Miss Jen bagged and boarded a whole long box of books. Right? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, multitasking right there. Um, well, we might as well just keep taking this into the comic direction, Miss Jen. What's coming out this week? Uh, well, I just have my fingers on the box, which is a book that's coming out from Red 5. I'm super excited about We actually had them as guests for Free Comic Book Day, so we've already actually gotten feedback from customers that bought them. And they've already started to add it to their pull box, so that's a good sign. Yeah, very good sign. Mm-hmm. So I know, that, the, I know that there's a couple of good, big Marvel things coming out. There's Kang the Conqueror and the Trial of Magneto starts, which are big storylines, especially the Trial of Magneto. That's going to have big implications for the Hickman universe. That's an interesting uh, title, Trial of uh, Magneto. Because, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I, are we allowed to spoil that or not? What the reason why he's getting tri- tried? I yeah. think so. Otherwise, why would he be tried? I mean, if <laughs> if anything, you're gonna make people want to buy it. So yeah, go for it. Uh, go ahead. Well, it's supposedly because he killed uh, another X Men. Is that revealing too much? No, that's good. No. It's a specific one, but yeah, it's right. Yeah, I'm just trying to avoid spoilers just for those that haven't read uh, the recent issues. Um, so, you know, th- it's very interesting because of the relationship he has with that uh, specific character. So um, I'm curious on where they're going with this title. Well, I mean, what? I think they've needed to, to go into this for a long time because they have been for months and months in the X titles doing this whole... Um, uh, since they know they can regenerate any mutant that they that dies, they're they've almost started going to choose go out and choose mutants that they dislike the current rendition of them. And be, oh, it's Amber Alert. Sorry, I gotta make it go away. It's not gonna do it. Um, that they're they're choosing them to almost be sacrificed in like a big ritualistic way to be reborn because they can basically download the version that they like because that's what's been saved and you you think they're doing this to um integrate this character more into the mcu or make it more like the mcu character possibly i don't know maybe i mean i think i don't know if they're just going to make an answer for all that decision although the rest of the you know, Krakoans seem completely chill with it. 
but it does it does have big implications right where you're just like i'm sorry i'm just gonna murder you it's a group decision but the version of you is going to die that we don't like yeah yeah listen let's see what the book has to say tomorrow it'll be interesting yeah i'm excited there are three books that i'm excited for um, that have been on my pull list since I first saw the solicitations on them. Um, Eat the Rich from Boom Studios. Yep. Uh, which I feel like is just going to continue the Boom Studios trend of books that are named similarly. Yeah. Um, God of Tremors from Aftershock, because it's Peter Milligan. And I've seen it, and I have copies of it here uh, that are the Ambassador exclusives, and they're gorgeous. And the book is oversized and weird but I like it anyway. Um, keep in mind, if you buy it, magazine-sized bag and board. Um, it's awkward. And the last one for me is Killer Queens um, yeah. from Dark Horse, which is uh, David Boer. Um, uh, not too spoiler, because he told us, uh, the bad guy in the book is a chimpanzee with a jetpack, and he has hench otters. That's right, they're otter henchmen. Uh, on, in David's own words, a big gay space romp. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you didn't add uh, second chances to that. Um, it's on my pull list. I'm not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's not the first book you're going to pick up to read. Yeah, it's not. I'll be honest. I'll read serial before I'll read that one. This week, um, interested, but just, I don't know. I, I'm having this weird sort of ennui feeling about Image Comics as a whole. Um, another one I'd recommend for people is uh, Gin Hunter. Uh, it's by Black Box Comics. I think people might have overlooked that one. Crazily, I just ordered directly from them. Nice. I should do the same. Add it, I've added it to my list of of, uh, of publishers that I like that are super hands-on. That I think he like messaged me like, I don't know, 10 times. It's like, have you gotten a chance to look at the catalog yet? And I finally just said, will you order for me? <laughs> um, yeah, we've been carrying their books for quite some time, but at a very low you know, order. I think we're only getting um, maybe two copies, three copies per book. Uh, this one, um, I, I have a good feeling about Jin uh, uh, Hunter. I think it's going to be a good good read. We'll see. Yeah, because I really liked the is it Devil's Dominion and the Chino Kage. Both of those were really good series. Yep. But the problem is, is it's such a small press, it's easy to miss in the previews, which I think Absolutely. I did. Or like number three and four, I think I totally missed it. And um, since they're, they're not on FOC, it, it sometimes hurts as well. Yeah. Um, what else? Is yeah, there? which is why that's not on my list. Um, like, so I'm gonna have to order it from one of you two. That's fine. Right. Like, happy to serve you. What devs? Yeah. Like. Well, I have a small list this week. A lot of them are variant covers. Interesting. 
I'm oh, still trying I'm to figure out. There's, so there's a gorillas hardcover that comes out, but I'm still trying to figure out if they misspelled it in this solicitation because I thought it was Almanac, but it's it's spelled Alamanic. Well, who's that from? Um, I'm guessing it's going to be Z2, but I'm not sure. Oh, I must have missed that one. Yeah, as you were mentioning earlier, one of the downfalls of um, the preview guide is by the time you get to X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. you are so tired of looking at books that it's like sometimes you just overlook them. Subconsciously, you just overlook them. Um, and there have been times when I'm like, hey, I could have sworn I ordered that Zenscope book, but hey, I guess not. Yeah. The plus Zenscope, and we do catch it on FOC, though. And when 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 you guys are ordering ahead, like uh, how how far ahead do you order? Like two or three months? Well, it's getting more and more interesting, right? So traditionally, you would do initial orders; and those are about three months out, and then you get FOC looks at two or three weeks out. And the way that they're getting set up, some of the the big like the big publishers, uh, DC at Lunar and uh, um, Marvel at PRH is that they they have the ability for you to do initial orders, but most everyone's just doing FOCs only. So people really are just looking at it three weeks out, which I makes I'm sure it makes it much harder for them to set print runs, but it does save a lot of time, I have to say. I just I was just curious if they ever gave you more of a synopsis than the public would know about, meaning. <laughs> like, like, hey, you need to get this book. I mean, I know you've had like, people tell you, hey, you should order this book. More than but, you. Well, what's crazy, so I'm sure you guys know, but they have, like, many different types of cataloging and collector's apps available now for, you know, people as myself, where it's like, I have all these comics, I have no idea what to do, them, do with them, I need to catalog them, I need to make sure... I figure out which books I actually need a particular series when I'm out looking at, you know, bins at a convention and stuff. But I've noticed tabs popping up on these that are like, you know, sp speculative books three months from now. And I was just wondering, like, how do they know that, oh, you need to get this book three months from now because there's a character in it? It's like, OK, I just I just didn't know how all that worked. <laughs> Sometimes we don't like because it can't be. In our brains, it can't be a speculated book until it's been released because you don't know if people are speculating in it because it hasn't come out. Yeah, like because you, you can right. basically just say, "Oh, there's can't a character." Say anything in nice, it. Don't yeah. say anything at all. Right. right. Okay. So gotcha. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, any uh any thoughts on comics this week or in the near future uh to wrap up the show today? Anyone got anything else? You want to throw out there? Read the comics you like. Try yeah. comics that you have never tried before. Um, really good advice. A lot, a lot of stores, I don't know if, uh, Miss Jen, if you do it or not, a lot of stores offer a first issue guarantee sometimes uh, on titles. Try those titles out. Um, you know, if uh, if you don't like it, uh, some stores will take them back. We We definitely will. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you a, if you don't like number one, bring it back. Well, uh, at least you tried it. So try try new books. Don't don't also don't get stuck with what you're um, into. In fact, uh, kind of a segment off one of the shows uh, I started doing on the radio was uh, 
new pop discovery where we listen to songs we've never heard before and we're trying out different songs and whatnot and what i've noticed is people who weren't listening to um certain genres are actually enjoying them now so you know same thing with comic books try different things i understand you know those four five six dollar comic books are getting a bit expensive but yeah if you've got a few bucks to spare go ahead try a new title out i'm sorry you have to listen to so much dua lipa brainy uh, uh, no comment. <laughs> I love it, but it gets stuck in your head and it's there for days and it's just yeah. frustrating. That's how I found out that I really love uh, bluegrass. Yeah, in fact, uh, one of my uh, co hosts for the show today, um, she discovered she likes uh, soca music because I, you know, I played it a few times. Like, hey, this is pretty cool. I like it. So there we go. Yeah, I've been listening to Zydeco music. There you go. <laughs> I know all about that. Being being de- no seriously, being down here, if you're familiar with the area, uh, Beaumont, Texas, we would pick up a radio station from Beaumont. We lived in the Houston area, but on the way to church every Sunday, like uh, a, a man with a very thick Cajun accent playing Zydeco music for mm-hmm. hours and hours and hours. <laughs> well, Zydeco was born between New Orleans and Houston, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. geographically, uh, I definitely know what that is. All right, well, thanks, guys. Thank you, Brainy, Kyle, and Miss Jen. And thank you for listening to uh, and watching Nerd News, now part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out other shows on Woodlands Online like Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Between the Trees, Business Talk, and much more. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KVQT HD 21, over the air, on your television. All these shows and more on Roku. Just search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. And you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Nerd News Now. 